Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Random Road Noise Dan, and with me as always, live from the cobbled streets of Belgium itself, is my good friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? <laughs> I am, I have been, I don't know, I feel like I'm living in a dream. Um, if you can hear uh, road noise, it's because I'm sat in the Podium Cafe house. Podiumcafe.com is the great website where Dan and I first met. I'm sitting in the Podium Cafe house in Ronsa in Belgium, in Flanders, and yesterday I did TV commentary for the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, like, normally normally I'd, I'd discourage it, but I feel like you're kind of allowed to humble brag about that. Like, I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's a legit reason. You know, hey, Sarah, what did you do on Sunday? Not much, just, um, you know, commentary on a famous race on live broadcasting yeah mm. i i mean i've wanted to see the ronde van vlaanderen for years of course i have you know this is the 14th time it's run the women's ronde van vlaanderen and last year they nearly 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 showed it live in that uh, in britain in british uh, commentary with when there was rochelle gilmore and yose bain commentating to dead air by themselves but this year we, it's been the first time it's been streamed with a with an English feed, and I'm so lucky to have been part of that. And my big thanks to Rochelle Gilmore who um, who, who who sorted that out because that was you know that's that, that, I can't thank her enough. Oh, and um, I mean you know as as much of a, a fantastic personal milestone that was, um, the the crazy thing is that it was also such an incredible race. I mean, Flanders has always been that that. You know, it's the it's the classic to end all classics, and it's it's the race that you you just if you're into cobbled classics, you have to pay attention to it. You love it, but you know to finally be able to see it live and to you know especially after the disappointment of last year, oh my god, it was just so so crazy good. And I would never have predicted the finale the way it, the way it turned out. Uh, this is the longest race it's ever been. This year, the UCI have increased how long um, women can ride for. So women are now allowed to ride for 160 kilometres. So they had 12 of the Hellingen, the climbs, and a couple of those are cobbled as well. And they had five extra sets of cobbles. But yeah, it went in a... It was completely unpredictable. And I've got to say, there is so much to talk about I mean, because the tactical there are some tactical decisions I don't understand. There was some serious underestimation. There was amazing racing, and wow! And I also have to tell you, I do want to talk a little bit about walking on the actual course of the Ronde van Vlaanderen <laughs> and jumping up and down, jumping up and down for joy on the start and finish on the fin- on the actual finish line. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Well, do you want to start uh, with do you want to start with um, you know, what it was like sort of behind the scenes getting ready because obviously the the live broadcast actually started quite a long way into the race. Uh, you know, as you mentioned it's the the longest race um, you know, the longest edition of the race that we've had. Um, and you know, so to sort of get live video for the final 33ish kilometers um, you know, like like there was a lot going on before we even saw pictures. Yeah, and so I mean, it's interesting because we went to the start and we 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 hung we went we I got up got up in the morning went to the start, you know, talked to we'd been at the day before to the team presentation, talked to lots of race managers, talked to riders about how they were feeling, that kind of thing. Um, 
went to the start, uh, saw the start roll off, and then we drove round to the finish. I mean, the finish isn't very far, but it's all full of race. (laughs) Uh, Race details in the way. And then we kind of settled down into our little house, into our little space. And you kind of, it's a really large uh, set of TV, TV, um, like, uh, houses. What do you call them, Dan? Well, I don't know what you call them, but we call them demountable buildings. So they're, you know... Porter cabins. Yeah, easily... Easily packed up onto the back of a truck and moved around is the is the point, so that they can be used for live broadcasts all over the place. Yeah, and they have like so you, you're kind of like on it's a multi-story thing, and we're on the second floor. Um, with uh, next was was the sports was the Proximus stream because there was a stream from Proximus, the Belgian stream, which was uh, uh, sponsored by uh, I can't remember his name, Ruben, uh, commentated by Ruben and by a former cyclist, professional cyclist Lieselotte de Croix. Yep. And then it was Rochelle Gilmore who obviously owns Wheel High Five and me doing our side. So we got there and there That's we could have Oxford, Rick- comma, and me, by the way, just because, you know, owning people is wrong. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't own me at all. Um, <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. No, clearly, if anyone owned anyone on the commentary, it was you. I my One of my favourite bits was... Um, when Rochelle um, noted that Yolene Dora had gone back to collect bottles for the team and, and said, you know, that means that she's probably not feeling the best and probably not riding for her today. And you ever so archly were like, well, sometimes riders might do that to sandbag. <laughs> well, then we were wondering. No, we, yeah, yeah, no, we were wondering. And she was, and, and she was right, of course. I mean, it's yep. her team. But my favourite part was pointing out, we had a bit of a joke because Rochelle's ridden the Ronde van Vlaanderen many times and only finished a couple of times. Yes, yeah, well, I mean, as a sprinter, <laughs> you don't expect to finish, um, you know, such a such a Hellingen-based race, um, necessarily. So, yeah. No, no, exactly. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, yeah. So it was, it was like we had. So that was fun too. Like, so Rochelle, how did you feel when you wrote it? <laughs> <laughs> Tired and angry. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it was an amazing experience. I mean, when you when I walked from the start line down the bit down down through the part of Aldenada out through the marked and the hairs were just raising on the back of my neck it was just <gasps> I'm in Aldenada and everywhere is Flanders crazy you know there's there's the day before on the day of the it's the day of the um the uh, team presentation team oh, presentation yeah, yeah there's so there's absolutely riders everywhere every bar is completely stacked with bike riders and and it's just it's just extraordinary and then you get up in the morning and there's all these Flandersy stuff like uh, even though the men start in Antwerp, um, but there's all these lots of people come came to the start of the women in, in Aldenada because they can then either stay there to see the race come, you know, the race come through, see the finish, um, get some beers, watch it on a big screen, um, you know, get, and, and stuff like that. And it's it's it was so, so the atmosphere was wonderful, and you're standing on the start line. And the bells of this huge church are ringing. And you can hear the start line commentary from the loudspeaker in Dutch. There's the sound of the motorbikes revving up behind you. And the sounds of voices. And it's a beautiful sunny day. The smell of embrocation is in the air because, of course, it is. Bike races smell of embrocation and peppermint and and, and (laughs) menthol. And, yeah, and then there's all these riders and you've got the choice between the riders who are lining up right at the start because the first cobbled section came at 16 kilometers into the race 
so there's other some riders who are they're riding up they're, 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 they're lining up right at the start they're, they're early right on the front so they can not fuck around they can just be at the front and then you've got the riders who are kind of chilling then you've got the riders in the middle and then you've got the riders who are just chilling out at the back you know they're not compact they're just you know hanging back chatting um you know and that was that's fascinating to see and at the same time it's full of it's like this amazing party with all these people i've never met before but i know online so for example we had um rose manley who makes the who works for InCycle, and she makes the great videos on for the uci that go on the uci youtube channel i was like i've never met rose and there's rose and i thought she was a six foot tall brunette um and she's not but it's just like <laughs> lovely and then there's um, uh, Janine Laudry and Anna Maria Rook, who 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 are the the writers behind um, Ella Cycling. Ella Cycling Sips. Yep. And so you're standing there, and there's Rochelle over there, and I'm just standing there with this set of women who work in women's cycling coverage. I was like, wow, this is really special, you know? Yeah, and it's it's a really interesting thing because, you know, you, we don't have to go back very many years when um, there weren't a lot of uh, women involved in the, the coverage of the sport. You know, it was, I mean, such as it was even, there was so little coverage of the sport to start with. But Yeah, so you'd have CJ Farkerson from Australia who would be doing a lot of the race reporting and she'd also be, mm. doing, be a photographer. But there weren't actually that many photographers either. And it's not that I don't like the men because, again, you're seeing these lovely men. There's Owen... Um, Owen Rogers, who writes for Cycling Weekly. There's Felix Mattis, who makes those fantastic videos, and is also the person behind the UCI um, uh, Twitter, uh, you know, women's cycling Twitter feed, the yep. Women's World Tour Twitter feed. And there's Balant Hamvas and uh, and Sean Robinson, who are the amazing photographers of behind Velo Focus. So you know, there's a lot of. It's not just the women, but it was just this yeah, little special. There is, there is something genuinely special about um, you know more women finding pathways into um you know covering the sport working in the sport and and you know that um the representation is on both sides of the the um race tape i guess yeah and and it's like so special to be part of the tv commentary like i, I mean i've done tv commentary before i did the um uh, the Prudential Ride London for the last two years. I've done the Aviva Women's Tour highlights. I've done the. Um, I did. Well, I tried to do the uh, Tour de Yorkshire highlights, and without them being without being shown, and that was just a lot of. It was so much. It's so much fun, but it was um, really different doing it with Rochelle because when I've done it before, I've been second person, the colour commentator, the expert, and this time I was kind of lead commentator. You know, talking about the action, asking Rochelle questions. And Rochelle is an ex-rider and team owner can you know can can answer them, and doing it with someone who it's not this is no diss to the other people I've worked with they've been professional and wonderful and really really good and I would never criticise them in the slightest but doing it with someone who's as in love with the sport you know or more you know like Rochelle have, is is all about all about the sport. That's that's real, and being able to ask her the questions that I want to know, like what what does that mean? How do you do that as a rider? What mm. do you do when that happens? That was just I just had the most amazing amount of fun. Like literally, it was one of the most fun things I've ever done. So yeah, happy me. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, and and I mean, I think that shone through in the the way the uh, presentation of the the race worked. 
I mean, I certainly enjoyed, like I said before, the you know couple of the the bits of back and forth with you and Rochelle. But I also really liked some of the the insights that came out as part of that conversation. You know, things like um, Rochelle's explanation for why Orica are doing so much work on the front and and that sort of thing. And it was you know it was a nice to to get those little pieces of of additional information that you know some of it is is probably her experience shining through and some of it's possibly even just more that insider knowledge as you say a team owner working in the in the sport and in close proximity to you know all of the riders and and managers and and whatnot you know she probably does actually know a bit more and so drawing that out of her as part of the broadcast was really cool <laughs> yeah oh thank you i just I, I mean it was i'm amazed and lucky and it's interesting because there's so many productions going on you don't have that much information coming in through your ear from the productions so we kind of finished a little bit wobbly because they're like oh one minute to the finish and so we kind of did a one minute to the finish and then they're like yeah this is probably our last shot and we're like oh <laughs> should we say anything and like, oh yeah one minute to the finish like oh uh, so that minute that minute was very elastic okay well anyway um so so on to the race itself i mean we had um what 100 120 odd kilometers of um of racing before coverage started what was the early action like they attacked almost from the start like there was attacks um attacks 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 like i think the first one was six kilometers out um which is hilarious and it's like really interesting because the traditional wisdom is that in the run of avalandra when it was 140 kilometers odd that the main action starts towards the end right yep. that, that, that that like that it's the first part it's all about um uh, being on uh, well, it's, it's all about defensive measures, really. You know, making sure you're positioned well near the front and can hit climbs early, and you know, take the right positioning through corners and that sort of stuff, and basically stay out of trouble. Yeah, and 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 it's all attrition, and then apparently, you know, then then the um, receive wisdom is so basically it goes um, the end the end the end run has um, uh, Canaliaberg at about um, Canaliaberg and then nine kilometers later, Kriesberg, Hotond, and then uh, 10 kilometers after that, the pairing of Alderquaramont with Paderberg three kilometers later, and then 13.2 kilometer right, flat right into the finish, right? Yep. So um, when when Elisa longo Borghini attacked uh, one in 2015, she attacked, in inverted commas, too early. <laughs> <laughs> around the Canal- around the Canaria yeah, thirty five kilometers to go. Um, when Ellen Van Dyke won in two thousand and fourteen, she attacked around um, the Kreuzberg, uh, the, just before the Kreuzberg. Uh, and so it's it's like that's that's what received wisdom says is those last four climbs are the main climb, but this year it's longer. And they've also had as climb number seven the Kappelmur, the Murchheradsbergen. The, the beautiful cobbled curving climb with a ch- oh, up that hill with a chapel on the top. Yep. Yeah. And, and so you know that certainly has to at least um, in terms of of um, I guess just excitement at being back on the moor and also the the iconic nature of that climb itself has to have had an impact on how everything was raised. Yeah, so I mean, the other thing is, is normally last year, for example, they, they so once you start the climbs and the cobbles, it's like a roller coaster. There's, there's this year there was like a 19k stretch between the Murat Halalsbergen and then um, the Pottelberg, which was the next, uh, which was the next climb, um, 
like and you're like okay 90 and that's like one of the long that's probably the longest stretch once once the climb start because it's bang 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 climb climb cobbles cobbles climb 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 so it's it's quite it's a very difficult race but this but last year that all started at kilometer 46 this year three of the cobbled sections were in the first 50 kilometers so like i say the first one's at like 16k and that's at the langamunta which is about two and a half kilometers long so there are lots and lots of little smaller there was lots and lots of little smaller attacks but they're kind of a, they're kind of attritional attacks and the big teams definitely 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 you know kind of had their had their plan you know and so yeah. we're looking at it and it's uh it's it's um it's, so after by the time they got to the place but they basically kind of stayed and so when you say stayed together it's not like a giant great big bunch that stayed together in inverted commas what it means is started with 165 riders and by the time they got, um, so by the time they get up to the moor, that's when it kind of hits. So lots of little small splits, lots of little small breaks. Around 50 riders were um, at left after the Kapil moor, yeah? Yep. And then Rosanna Sleek, a very a young Sunweb rider, their development rider, hit off the front, and she was the first big solo rider. Um, and she was actually out all the way from just after, from after, from after the Kappelmoor, all the way to the Kanaliaberg, which is, it just doesn't sound very much, but it really is in Rondaband Blunder in terms. It's about like um, 24 kilometres uh, later, you know, yep. 24 or 34 kilometres later. Yeah. So, and that is interesting because it's signalling. And there was a lot of things that signal what's going on in this race because, like you said, um, Jolene Dora was one of the top favourites. She raced for Wiggle. And we saw her going back for water bottles. Yeah, yeah. And, Roche, and Rochelle Gilmore was all, yeah, that means that she's probably not feeling well. Like, she knew her team plan was to ride for Yolene and to not to kind of keep it together as much as possible until the very last minute so that Yolene Dora could sprint, Flandrian winner in Flanders. So, ah, Yolene Dora's not feeling well. Mm, mm. What does that mean? So, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Um, but it's also, you know, there's also a lot of riders there who are who are who are wanting to be in wanting to be in the game. There's um, Ellen Van Dyke is Sunweb's biggest, you know, Sunweb's biggest name, and we all thought Ellen was going to Ellen Van Dyke was going to be the favourite. So yeah. when Rosanna Slick attacked, okay, that's sending out your young one of your young riders to just basically attack, make people chase, um, and get her and get her, you know, get 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 her back. It's like a statement of intent um, to make to wait, make make the race tough. But uh, so Sleek is out there. I think Elise Del Zen did some counter attacking and got caught. But what's really funny is that um, you know you kind of don't we didn't get to see the catchers so often no. because a lot of the, a lot of the time the people were caught. They were caught on the climbs and they're very very narrow. And you and the motorbikes aren't up at the front, so you just like go okay. Well, oh hang on, she must be caught by now. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a little bit strange not seeing those those catches, but it was it was also very interesting um, watching the um, the time for Roseanne Slick. Um, first of all, stretching out and then then quickly starting to come back. So while she was out for you know as you say twenty odd kilometers, um, it, it was really interesting because she she built up. I think she got close to two minutes at one point. Um, and I don't think it ever really felt like she was going to stay away, but it was it was getting to that point where it was going to be really interesting to see who actually 
bothered to do something about it. Yeah, and and the ne- and and, it's, and it was interesting. So there's Orica Scott were doing a lot of work on the front. We saw a lot of Orica on the front. Mm. We saw a lot of WM3 on the front. And as soon as Slick was catch, caught, uh, Cassie and Uadoma um, on the Canadia Bird. Uh, Cassian Yodoma went and she was joined by Lizzie Danan from Bowles Dolmans with Elisa Longo-Borghini from Wiggle High Five Ashley Moore Passio from Cervello Bigler and Eleanor Cicchini and they're and they're and they're caught almost immediately and that's basically not 20 more riders off the front so they're coming into coming into the Kreisberg and the Kreisberg is the is the third ride uh, the third climb from the end uh, rough you know less than um it's 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 um about it's a uh, thirty you know less than less than thirty k to go, uh round just less than thirty k to go. So you're like okay, this is this is serious you know this this is serious. And they they had like overall the climbs. You see Elisa Longo Borghini at the front, Ashimum and Passio, uh, Cassian Uadoma, riders like that at the front. But at the Kreisberg, um. Amy Peters attacked on the lower slopes, yep. and, Anna, and, and it's such an and it's such an Anna van der Breger move because Amy Peters attacked on the lower slopes. You know, just your job is to get halfway up the hill, and then Anna van der Breger took over at the front and and headed off. And with Longo oh Borghini. my god, that was such a beautiful move that that attack. You know, was so perfectly timed, and she rode away so neatly. It was just, it was beautiful. I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I honestly thought, particularly once we, we saw who had actually gone across with her, um, I thought that was for sure going to be the race-winning move. It was just perfect, and it was so exactly what you um, uh, exactly what, what you want to see. And this is what we've seen um, Anna van der Breger do uh, for years and years. I mean, I remember in the Giro a couple of years ago um, on, the, on, the kind of, on, the, on the final climb, Cassie and Uadoma hit the... Do you remember that beautiful climb whose name I've completely forgotten? <laughs> With a chapel on the top of it in Italy. Um, and yeah, Cassie and Uadoma hit the lower slopes perfectly and went off. And it's how we saw Cassie and Uadoma and Anna van der Berger ride all last year when they were both on Rabo Live. Uh, one of them would attack and then the other one would attack over the top. And we haven't seen Anna van der Berger at all this season because she's not been well. Yes, yeah. And it's been a big slow start, so it was great to see her back in in fighting form, and then you know just straight back to pulling off such a such a gorgeous move. Oh, so gorgeous! And only so Longa Borghini, Anna Mit van Vleuten, Anna van der Breger, and um, Cassian Uadoma. Yeah, yep. And you can see behind, like the so Ashley Moon Passio, who's been up there all the time, can't make it. Ellen van Dyke can't make it, and you can see them struggle, and they've gone. And it's like shit. They've got, they've got a really small amount of time between this climb, uh, the Kreisberg, and Aldequaranamont, ten kilometres, for them to get away. But then, with those two next climbs up coming up, they've got two incredible, three incredible time trialists in Van der Breger, Van Vleuten, and uh, Longo Borghini. If they could get onto that final flight, that stretch together, they're going. So you've got this like amazing scenario going on. Oh, and it was it was just amazing because you know watching them try to build a, a, a enough of a gap to keep that break threatening, while at the same time, um, you know that age old question of a break, which is will they work together hard enough, long enough, you know? Because at some point, and this is the this is the really 
um, for mine, the the really insidious part of the Flanders course um, is that 13.2 kilometer run in because while oh. while you've got these three really strong time trialers, you've also got a bunch behind them who are committed to a chase and you know that is enough distance that if they're not completely working together if those four aren't working together and as someone on the commentary last night pointed out there are only three steps on the podium then you get into this really interesting chicken and and egg kind of situation where will they stay away won't they yeah and they did and and behind them they had somewhere banging somewhere banging up the pace because they're like shit we need to chase back and so they'd have corin rivera chase they'd have um uh, Ellen Van Dyke chased it and then um, Canyon Stram who'd missed the break as well they were chasing hard you had Hannah Barnes doing an amazing job and Pauline Fran Prevost again we don't we haven't seen Pauline Fran Prevost at, at the top of her game for well year, you know at least a year yeah. um, more and so to see her back it was thrilling like you, so you've got Anna van der Breger attacking this is exactly how you um this is exactly how what you want, yeah. This is what we want to see. These are the, these are riders who are back and feeling good and going, and so they make it to the next two climbs. And on the next two climbs, it's Longo Borghini and Van der Breger um, pushing it hard on the front and, and and attacking each other. And each on each of those two climbs, Annemiek van Vleuten and Cassian Nieuwedoma kind of fall off the back a bit, yeah. Yep. And get and then get pulled and then get pulled back. So it's like actually, this is really interesting. Yeah. That uh, Van der Breger is and 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 Longo Borghini are the, are the strongest um, out of those four. I'd say Van der Breger and Annemiek van Vleuten have the best sprint. Yep. Um, like there's no way Elisa Longo Borghini can win in that group if it comes if they all no. cross the line together. No. But if she's stronger than them, she can drop them. So it's clearly in that group Van der Breger and Longo Borghini are feeling the be- are feeling are feeling best. Yes, and yes. they've got and, and behind them they've got 30 seconds at this point they've got Ellen van Dyke and Pauline Fran Prevost leading the chase now Ellen van Dyke leading and behind them you've got at least three Balls Dolmans riders all lying in wait I mean it's just oh my god that was evil <laughs> but there was this, there was a really interesting thing because sometimes the Balls Dolmans riders would take their turn yeah yeah <laughs> Which... And 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 the, and the thing is, is you don't want a rider from a from another team taking her turn because you don't. So there's Liz, and they had Lizzie Danen. So, it was so startling to see Lizzie Danen on the front for once. Like it was. Yes, yes, but she but she was. It's Lizzie Danen, Amy Peters, and Chantal Black. And it, when they were going over those hills, Lizzie Danen, you know, you're like, are you are you just you know, just before you get the hills, you're not going at a hundred percent because you're the you know your your riders up the road. So we're like thinking, yeah, this four, these four these four have got the winning move. They're the winning move. Um, behind them, they've got uh, a, a group. The group behind them, it's got a couple of sunwebs because you've got um, Corin Rivera, but especially Ellen Van Dyke doing her Ellen Van Dyke thing. And it's and it must be a huge shame for Ellen Van Dyke. She is totally the queen maker, but she's in this in, in this scenario where it's very difficult to know what to do. You have Cecilia Utrup Ludwig, the the best young rider from you know Savella Vigla and um, Ashley Mewen Passio. Got for Paulina Fram Prevost from um, from Cat from Canyon Shram and Eleanor Shakini and uh, maybe another uh, and Hannah Barnes. Uh, and there's a load of uh, there's also a load of sprinters in there because you've got Lotte Kopecky from Lotte Bellasol, um, really amazing young rider, been doing fantastically. Maria Giulia Confandlonieri from Lens World, and you've seen the game. That is 
so very difficult because and Corin Rivera of course but Corin has to work to help pull it back so if Sunweb do catch the front four they've also got the They've also got the um, they've also got the problem that if some web catch, there's other riders who definitely aren't taking their turn. Thank you very much. Who can be who can be caught? So yeah. it's a, it's so a big gamble. Of... I mean, but at the same time, Sunweb's hand is forced. I mean, they they have to catch that that break if they want a, a shot. So you know, they, yeah. they have no so choice. It, so they're then on. They're then over. They're on the. They've got over this over the climbs. They're all, all on, and they're on the thirty-minute, thirteen-kilometer oh, no, no, no. It's a very. Oh, sorry, we missed the Paderberg in there, didn't we? Oh yes, yes. No, sorry, yeah. yes. But, but the same sorry. thing happened in both. Well, no, no, no. But see, this was my fa- this was my favorite race moment. I have to pause here. This was my ultimate favorite race moment because on the Paderberg, um, the the chase group nearly caught the leaders. And it was just, um, you know, like, like uh, you know, we get foreshortening from the cameras from the head-on and all of that sort of thing, but it was such, it was just within sight. And Elisa Longaborghini stood up and made a, a brilliant counter-attack, and it was her and uh, Vanderbregger going with her that pulled the the following two back in, in the same way that you described on the previous climb, but, like, it was much more pronounced on this one and actually kept that break alive. I mean that was that was a great you know in terms of moments there were for me there was Vanderbregger launching her attack which created this group and then there was that counter attack from Elisa Longaborghini on the Paderberg that that kept that break alive. Yeah, and they were so Ellen Van Dyke was so close to them at that point. I swear like, she could have was... reached out and touched them. I mean she honestly she it was that close. They was they were all but caught. It was insane. oh it was yeah. amazing, and then they pulled away again. Mm. So they're on the thirteen point. They're on the thirteen kilometer run in, and this is a very long straight road. And this gives you an advantage as chasers because you can see where the riders are up ahead of you. Yeah. Yep. Now the race radios also weren't working at one point um, over in over in the previous bit, but they started working again on the um, on the pattern on the on the um, on the on the on this on this last run in. Yeah. And we could see. Um, we could see what what was happening because suddenly it was very very clear that having caused the break to go in the first place, having worked in the break, suddenly Anna van der Breger stopped taking her turn. Yeah, it was weird that that coincided with her visiting the the car, and you know, I mean, hard to say, but it's pretty fucking obvious that she was told to stop. So she was told to stop working. Now we thought. Oh, van der Breger, she's she's just she's just fucking with them because she's got this. You know, she's probably got. The, yeah. I, I think van I think van Vlerten can out sprint van der Breger, but Rochelle thinks uh, van der Breger is the fastest. You know, fair well, enough. Well, I um, mean, at first I certainly thought it was van der Breger. You know, not taking pulls just to rest up a bit and try and get that edge on van Vlerten for the sprint. Yeah, but uh, but then she wasn't working at all at all, and and that time gap started creeping down a little faster than you'd want it to if you were in that break. Yeah, and it's it's kind of it was so so exciting because you're sitting there watching it, like you know, sitting going, well, um, you know, three kilometers and and how you know you're just just watching it. And but the thing was, it was just kind of like so it would go from fifteen seconds down to eleven down eleven seconds down to ten seconds back to back to eleven seconds back up to twelve seconds again, and because while they weren't working, especially Longo Borghini and Longo Borghini and Udoma and Van Vluten were trading turns because they really wanted to get to the end because they know so it was an odd situation because out of that group Longo Borghini is solo yeah there's yep. no, no wiggles in the group behind her which is roughly 20 riders um Neodoma is solo 
Yep. Anna van der Brugge has three teammates behind her, Lizzie Dane and Amy Peters, Chantal Black. Yep. And uh, Anna van Vleuten has Gracie Elvin behind her, who, who's a sprinter, but you wouldn't expect her to win, to win from that group. But you've also got... Um, uh, Sunweb, Sunweb doing amazing, amazing, ridiculous work. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Confan, when you're looking at going Confan Lonieri, Paulina Fran Provost got a very fast finish. Um, Amy Peters got a very fast finish. Lotta Kopecky from Lotte Bellasol is still yeah. up there and keeping yeah. herself. But Corin Rivera won Hentweb Elgem, so one Trofeo Binder, was third at Hentweb Elgem, is clearly on amazing form and has got over all of those climbs. So this is the weird thing because you're sitting there going, okay, Anna van der Brega, she can prop she can definitely out sprint Neodoma and Longo Borghini if they don't escape. Yep. Maybe you know, she she's probably on a par with Van Blurten, but we know that she's feeling stronger than Van Blurten because Van Blurten was suffering on the climbs. Yep. And she's so, and she's not taking pulls, so you know, surely surely you've got to back her. But of course so, for that to work the break's gotta stay away. So, but the thing is, so with so with Van der Breger not working, and then with Bowles working, you know, pushing on, pushing on the chase, pushing on the chase, they get caught with one kilometre to go. I mean, it it was like it was fucking scripted. They literally caught them as they went under the flam rouge, like yeah, like the helicopter shot and bang, caught, and we're all going under the archway. It was just ridiculous. It was insane, and then they came to a bunch to that oh tell me about that bunch screen because i can't i'm just pitch all i can see is i can picture it i can picture this is this is the crazy thing is that like you know i and i i mean i'm not gonna lie i was i was fully team break i was i was fully committed to you know even if van der breg had won after not taking a turns but i was i was committed to team team breakaway i wanted I really wanted Longo Borghini or Cashinua Doma to to win out of that group. As unrealistic as all of that was, I know, I know. Calm down. Um, so they get caught at one kilometre go, and bang, it's it's on for the sprint. And the crazy thing is, like you say, there are so many uh, potential riders in that group that you know, and and it's increased in size by twenty percent basically because we've gone from twenty odd riders to to twenty four. 25 because this this front group aren't letting up at all like just because they've been yeah. caught doesn't mean they're not fighting to stay at the front end of the race and and you know um get in there so it it turned into a really interesting case of positioning and then as the sprint kicked off um i honestly it was all just a blur to me until probably 20 meters out from the line as it coalesced because we had um on the oh, I'm just trying to visualise it properly now. So on the the left hand side, the right side, the right side, the right side of the road was um, balls, where you've got Van der Breger and Lizzie Danen leading out Chantal Black. Yes, yes. And then on the on the left side, we've got um, well a whole bunch of riders um, with including um, Orica, Annemiek van Vleuten, and Gracie Elvin for Orica are there um, gunning it. We've got in the middle then um, Sunweb, Ellen Van Dyke leading out Corinne Rivera. And Ellen Van Dyke is the most. I mean, Ellen, uh, Jens, I'm going to call her Jens Queenmaker uh, name has to become her official nickname. Yeah, she is just a machine. She's she's worth three teammates. She she um, definitely made she the had, queen. 
she had chased and chased and chased and and Corin Rivera had involved in the chase too but she chased and chased and chased but she is a most ferocious lead out rider she's very very big and tall which is useful because you yep. know it gives you more gives you more protection she is brutal and she just sprints she's got a really strong sprint on her on it on it herself she just she just charge, rah, charges at the line with Corin Rivera tucked right behind her Corin comes out of her about 300 meters to go and, and it's like it was a drag race to the finish. It was just a flat out drag race, and it was amazing. It was, do you remember how in Ronda? Do you remember how in Ronda Van Drenta when uh, Amelie Amelie Dudrickson overtook um, Ellen Chikini and yep. uh, and uh, I can't remember who the other rider was. I'm going to say Lucinda Brands, and she had this beautiful, smooth as silk silk sprint, and yep. it looked like it was easy. This was the opposite yeah, this, of that. It did not look like that at all. It was. This was a. It was a chewing the handlebars, fighting the bike the whole way, kind of messy. Fuck it, we've just ridden 152 kilometers of, of pain, kind of sprint. Yeah. And Corin Rivera crossed the line first. Now it was with one a of those, photo finish for second. It was one of those ones that, for for a fraction of a second, it looked like it was going to be a photo for first. But Corin Rivera managed to pull her bike in front by I'm, I'm going to say like an eighth of a wheel length, like just enough that we yeah. knew it was her crossing the line. And then, as you say, it was a it was a photo for second, and and it was such a photo for second that I actually had um, second and third completely the wrong way around. Um, until until we actually saw the official photo, um, well, we didn't know at all. We couldn't we couldn't call it in the box. Like we're just like I have no idea. But it turned out Gracie Elvin in second and Chantal Black third, and um, Anamie Anamie Van Vleuten fourth, Lotto Kopecky from Lotto fifth, Elena Shakini sixth, Vasile Levita from Viano sixth, seventh seventh, Cassie Newdome eighth, Yannicka Ensing from Ali Cipollini ninth, Elisa Longo Borghini tenth. And such an amazing, amazing result. And I mean, and when we say bunch sprint, it's fully a bunch sprint. You know, sixteenth. Amy Peters was um, the last rider in that bunch, and then we've got a five second gap to Lizzie Danen. Um, You know, it was a it was a big solid bunch sprint. I was just thrilled to see the result, and and Corinne Rivera backing up her Binder win with you know Flanders of all things, and a sprint for Flanders is just insane. And then I got to be equally excited. I, I thought Gracie Elvin had got in for third, and I was pretty impressed. And then to see the photo and see that she actually got second with an amazing bike throw, and you know, within within shooting distance of first. I mean, wow, that's a huge result for Gracie. It was. It's there's so many so interesting. Corin Rivera is the first American rider ever to win the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Amazing. And Gracie Elvin is the first uh, Australian woman to ever be on the podium. You know, I would never have predicted that. I would never have predicted that that, po- that podium in a hundred years. Like yeah. I just wouldn't have done. Now, here's things that happened. So, the th- our theory is is that Bowles Dolmans were working to a plan. They had a set plan before they started. Their set plan was to ride for Chantal Black, who came third. She's been on. She's she's been third before. Yeah. However. What they totally did was they completely underestimated Corin Rivera and Lottie Kopecky and Gracie Elvin. They yep. they looked at that group and they thought that Black could out sprint them. I 
I love Black. I think she's an incredible rider. I there's no way in that group once that group of once that group had was had kind of hit the long run in that I would say that Black could. I mean, Black is a great sprinter, but she's a great sprinter from another bunch of classics riders. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I am I'm just I just find it extraordinary. I mean, I love Chantal Black. I would have been delighted if she won, but. That was a major tactical fuck up from Danny Stam, the DS there. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand yeah. it. And so there was a couple of other sprinters who'd said, "Oh, damn it! I wish I'd afterwards. I wish I'd." Um, George Bronzini, for example, said, "Damn, I wish I'd, I wish I'd like you know um, held off earlier on in the race, and maybe I could have been there at the finish and 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 won Flanders." But the thing is, is had Georgia Bronzini been in that group, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way Sunweb would have chased as hard as they did. Like no, well, even Sunweb, Sunweb might have chased, but there's no way Bowles would have. Well, Anna, yeah. Anna Van der Brega would have been working. Would have been working at the front. Yes, do you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. If Yolene, if Yolene Dora had been in that group, Anna Van der Brega would have been working. If yeah. if um, if Georgia Bronzini had been in that group, they just and I don't quite understand how they underestimate. I mean Rivera. She's never had a Europe, full European season. This is her first full European season. Oh, but literally, she, she won Binder. She won. She won. Um, she won. Uh, she was third in in Hedwelgen. She's got Ellen Van Dyke racing for her. Yeah, you know yeah, exactly. She's she's not a nobody, and and she's definitely a threat that's worth paying attention to. I mean, it was. It, it's there's no question there was a it was a, a strategic error um, at that and, point. And, Bulls had all the numbers. They had mm. all the cards to play. At that end, they had all that. It was all. It was all balls. Bulls had everything going their way, and they lost the race. Like they, I am not taking away from Corin Rivera's win because no. that was because no. basically Sunweb Sunweb took advantage of of yeah. Bulls's of Bulls's errors. Oh my God! And how? Um, but they took they took advantage of it oh, because yeah, absolutely. And it must but, have been a hard but, sitting. Sorry. Yeah, but for Sunweb. Like, but for balls to, it, it, it's 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 inexplicable that that just, that their decision making was inexplicable. Yeah. And I have, after they did everything right last year, you know, mm. forty UCI wins, it's actually quite quite you know, actually yeah, you you do sometimes cock up and you can't yeah. be. And sometimes quite magnificently, as it turns out, because you know it's it's one thing to you know take your chances and 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 just miss. It's a whole other thing to literally have had the the strongest sprinter in the break um, in a four up, which they're almost guaranteed to win, and and sacrifice that for a third. Yeah. And so you've got their race report on Bowles Dolmans. Their race reports are really fascinating afterwards because um, you've got Cassian Uedoma and uh, Elisa Longo Borghini. You basically go, I haven't, we just got, you know, separately going, I've got no idea why she did that. That's yeah. Anna Van der Bre- why this, I mean, Obviously, Anna Van der Brega was riding to team orders. It's not Van der Brega's fault. She yeah, was, she yeah, was no, told what to do. She was doing, she was, that's and balls isn't a team where you can where someone like Van der Brega could get away with saying, "Oh, sorry, I completely didn't hear you in the radio." <laughs> <laughs> never, well, you know, never mind. I won. Um, <laughs> and also, I mean, I don't think she's that kind of a writer either. Um, you know, and I say that with no judgment of anyone who may or may not be that kind of writer. But you know, I just, you know, she's the, she's a team player to the bone. She's going to ride to instruction. 
Yeah, and and you know it's she's been sick this season while Chantal Black um, hasn't been. You know Chantal Black's been um, been been fantastic, really. Con- you know Bowles' most consistent rider, um, Anna van der Brega, She's just come back from sickness. Uh, the Arden Classics are more about Anna van der Brega than they are about than they are. You know they're the races that van der Brega and Lizzie Armstead will Lizzie Danen will be targeting. So, you know it's it's it's. It's it's a weird one, but yeah, yeah I mean, well, speaking of, in, in a, sorry, I was just going to say, speaking of weird results in the in the mix, there, the one, the other one that stood out to me was the, as interesting was that Annemiek van Vleuten was the top ranked of the riders who were in that break. Now, for a rider who had been struggling on the climbs, you know, had definitely been feeling the elastic stretch to see her, you know, contesting the sprint, leading Gracie Elvin out, and then still coming in for fourth. Um, you know that's that's a great effort. So I guess I mean I guess Bulls must that's what Bulls must have been worried about, right? They must have been worried about um, Annemiek van Vleuten doing exactly what she did. Yeah. Like, but doing it in but doing. I mean, the thing is, is hindsight is twenty twenty always, and we can talk up and down about what might have happened and and how things could how if if, if things if things were different because you know you're right she hadn't been doing as much work as neodoma and longo borghini but she had been putting in you know she had been taking she had been putting in her turns yeah it's it's yeah i mean van vleuten uh, must be just, it must two riders i wonder if they're disappointed yeah one is Annemiek van Vleuten, because what if, what if, what if? She's won a Flanders before, you know, would she have got her second Flanders turn if, if van der Brenger had ridden? The other one I wonder about is Ellen van Dijk, because having missed that break on the, having missed the break on the Kreisberg, and then having come so close to catching them on the Paterberg, I wonder if what she's thinking, I mean, I know she's a fantastic team player, but it must be a bit gutting to get to this point in the season and have contributed so much to your teammates' wins. But she doesn't have a teammate as strong as she is who can do the same thing for her. Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I, I mean, I think that's a, a fantastic question. I look forward to reading, you know, heaps and heaps of obscure fanfic in the dark corners of the internet about it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. But I, at the same time, I, I also, you know, I can't help but remember, you know, the the you know, way that she just raced straight to Corinne Rivera's side to give her a massive hug and and that celebration of happiness. And, and, you know, I have to believe that no matter how much she may feel that, you know, quietly on one level, she's just over the moon that she's been able oh, yeah. to do her she job knows, for a teammate. And she, and she absolutely knows that she did it. You know, she knows how important she is. She knows, she knows what she's done. She knows what she's done. I mean everyone tells her everyone says it like uh corin rivera when she was mm. being interviewed afterwards the the sports interview was straight into so ellen van dyke she, she was important to your win wasn't she and of course <laughs> she is like it is absolutely no secret like we joke we know we say we use this queen maker moniker but that's that's the that's what she's everyone everyone knows it everyone knows that if you have van dyke on your team you may as well have three extra you know it's like having three extra riders in the break you know she is just extraordinary but i i'm getting to that point where i'd actually like to see oh i missed i'd, I'd like to see ellen van dyke with a teammate who can do something who can pull something similar off for her you know um i'd like to and I, just just because she's she's so great 
but I want to see her get her own results, you know. I mean, imagine the type of pairing of Alan Van Dyke and, I don't know, Elisa Longo Morghini or something like that, you know, like how, how, how extraordinary that would be. And, yeah, I mean, gutted for Ellen, but also, you know, massive congratulations because she knows that that win is her win. And, and, and it was so lovely to see um, one of the male Sunweb riders, it's a male man's team in a women's team, Tom Dumoulin, was straight on Twitter saying, yeah, that was a win for our team. You know, like yeah. it was, it's, 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 it's like they've just, they are the team of the classics oh, now. Absolutely, they're, the, absolutely. they're the top classics team. Yeah. And Corin Rivera, we knew that she could move to Europe and she wanted to take a step up. She wants to take the step up to be the rider that the Americans always swore up and down she is, you know, yep. like, like when she first came to, to, to Europe, there are Americans just saying, oh, she's going to beat everyone. She's going to destroy everyone. And now she's finally hitting that, you know, now that she's, 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 she's finally committed to, she finished university in, in America. She's finally committed to racing full time and being a full time pro. And this is the rider that she can be, you yeah, know, yeah. it's, it's, it's really just exciting. You know, it just, um, the, and, and it's always exciting to watching a rider, you know, start to really stretch their legs and find those things, um, about themselves because you get those, those, unguarded moments of like pure joy you know it wasn't it wasn't the look of the satisfaction of a well-established pro who knows that they can win flounders as she crossed the line it was the shock of a first-time winner who's 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 just achieved a dream that they didn't even realize they had because sprinters don't win flounders no no i mean i mean yeah and 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 totally sprinters don't win the longest flounders ever you know i mean how what the hell but that opportunity came to her and she grabbed it with both hands and she was she was absolutely cooked that 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 I mean I don't mean this in any critical way, but that ugly brutal sprint at the end was just um she finished and she just and she just literally fell back into the arms of people yeah. had to catch her she was just crying she was she was it, it was it was such a raw beautiful moment and i'm um oh, it was yeah fantastic it, it really was and you know and and it was great for the growth of the sport too i mean in the same way that we celebrated last year when megan guanier um started to really um win some some big races early on in the season um you know we are seeing this next uh step in the evolution of of american riders or u.s-based you know riders oh yeah and we talk a lot about how the peloton's very white, right? And here we have a Filipino rider, um, you know, an American Filipino rider uh, riding, you know, racing and racing and winning Flanders. She's won Flanders. An American has won Flanders, you know, yep. like that is that is so important for American cycling. It's just, you know, it's just it's just spectacular. And and the other interesting thing is there's only ever been, there's never been a rider who's won a Flanders except for once who hasn't got like, like seven former Flander winners are world champ have got world champions, right? They've got something like 27 world champion medals between the, between the winners of Flanders. Right. Wow. Um, so when you, before, before Corin before this year, um, Rasper Becker won it solo, and she's probably the only rider who's won it and not really got on to do anything else. Yeah, um, out of that group, if the only the only, the ones without world champions title, you know, you've got Ida Yoko Teutenberg, Judith Arndt, Milian Melchers van Poppel, Mariana Voss. Uh, it's just ridiculous that the, the, the riders who've won this and uh, and they've got. So when you look at the riders who haven't got world championships titles, it's Annemiek van Vleuten who went on to win the uh, world 
the World Cup yep. uh, that year in 2011. You've got Elisa Longo-Borghini, who's an Olympic bronze medalist. Yep. You know? So you sit there and you go, well, what's next for Corinne Rivera? Because this is this has catapulted her. I mean, winning Trofeo Binder was, was huge, was really important, but Binder isn't a race on the same level as Flanders. Winning Flanders catapulted her to absolute megastardom. You know, yep. she is... She's, you don't win Flanders by accident. You know, no, you, you, no. you, you just... You, you, wow. I'm... It was amazing. And then you've got, as you say, Gracie Elvin. Gracie Elvin yeah. coming, coming, coming second. Lotta Kopecky, um, only 21, coming, coming, coming fifth. There's just... This uh, Cecilia Ludwig is, is in that um, is in that is in that front group um, finishing twelfth. Um, I feel for Eleanor Cicchini. She's now been in the top ten of all five uh, women's world tour races. Uh, the only rider to the only rider to do that, and she must be. She said to me that it's a bit bittersweet coming top ten in the all four in the first in the yeah. first four, but not having actually pulled that off into a win, just gutting. And yeah. And that's yeah, that's the end. Of, that's the end of the cobbled classics section. We've now just got the Ardennes and the cobbled set and the cobbled and the um and the spring classics are over. You know, yeah. that, well, there's still a couple of races, but the big world tour spring classics are over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> but boy, it's been such an amazing block. And and I honestly never thought I would. I would. We. I honestly never thought we'd have the situation where we'd go just the Ardennes left. <laughs> like the Ardennes is going to be great. But um, these these opening races have just been amazing. Um, speaking of, of upcoming races, though, uh, we also are starting into some some tour racing again uh, this week. Yeah, yeah bef- before we get to the Ardennes, we have the Healthy Ageing Tour. Um, I'm getting up to work on that. It's in the north of the Netherlands in Groningen, Groningen and it's... Uh, um, five-day race, six stages. It has a time trial and a team time trial. Every stage is live <laughs> on on the uh, on um, on Podium TV and on the ra- and on the Healthy Aging Tour race website. Uh, it's always really attacking racing. It doesn't have the biggest fi- as big a field this year as it normally does because it's um, the Ardennes. Yep. Uh, are coming. Are, are calling a certain number of riders away. But that said, um, um, it's and the Ardennes, the Ardennes. Field. Yeah, the Ardennes week starts on the sixteenth. So, um, yeah, it's it's got a great field. Um, it'll be fantastic racing. It's also got a junior race, which is amazing because it's juniors riding on the same day and the same roads and living in the same accommodation, cheek by jowl with the elite riders. So this is where they get to see up close the teams that they want to ride for you know they get to see how they behave they get to see how the elite riders interact they get to know how they've how how the difference between them racing the courses are uh so it's lots of circuit race lots of circuit the courses lots of circuit racing so that you can have maybe the maybe the juniors ride um uh, two laps or four laps or something and the elite riders ride six or something i'm making that up the numbers <laughs> but yeah it's it's yeah it's really really special so um obviously not just because i'm working on it but because it's you know i'm working on it because i really believe in the race you know so please 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 watch that race because it's gonna be phenomenal and i'm i'm 
I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy to be back in, back in the Netherlands. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's live. I mean, this is, this is the crazy thing. I mean, how much live TV? Now, here's what I heard. Right. What did you hear? Do, do you remember the We Want RVV Live campaign? Yep. The We Want Renna Van Vlaanderen Live campaign, which the hashtag was, it was kicked off because Jolene Dora, um, she's Flandrian. She's she she was talking about this TV program that sports uh, were were running uh, on Belgian TV, uh, a twelve-hour epic uh, slow TV um, look at the run at the run at the run of Andrelandrian. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and she was very upset about this because not that she didn't want to see this TV program because it's, it's a great TV program, but she was very upset about it because. There's going to be helicopter covering a journalist riding for 12 hours all the way over the Ronde van Vlaanderen course, yeah? Yep. And that was just, like, devastating for her. Yeah, well, now, I mean, it's it, to be perfectly honest, it's it's pretty insulting when, you know, they can find the, the funding for that and not to cover the women's race, so... Yes. Yeah. So, but, so what happened was um, Yolene tweeted about it, and that got picked up by a lot of people. Lara as well deals st- and started the um, We Want RBV Live uh, uh, Twitter, you know, tw- Twitter campaign, which was picked up and signal boosted by the people on the Velo, Velo Rooms um, pod- uh, uh, forum. And it went, and that is, that is literally, I heard from good sources, how we got the live Ronde van Vlaanderen feed. Initially, it was only going to be in 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 Dutch, but we all did so you know social media, social media, um, give us you know give us more, and we got the feed got the in, English in, in, in English, yeah. the English language feed. So, dear listener, what I want to say is, when you see this kind of stuff, it really, really works. Yeah, what we're doing works, and they're listening. It may feel like no one's listening and no one's answering, um, and it works. And it not only works, but it means that when we get to the Ardennes, if we don't get good Ardennes coverage, um, it's it's going to be we can you know we, we can say well why why can't we have good Ardennes coverage when we can have good Strade Bianchi, Ronde uh, van Drenthe, Trofeo Binder, and Ronde van Vlaanderen, you yeah. know. Yep, exactly. And it's also that thing of literally if if people hadn't caught on to that hashtag and thank you to everyone who did and and who um, shared it and used it and and lent their weight to it, because as Sarah said, without it, we wouldn't have had this coverage. But most importantly, then the race organizers and sponsors wouldn't have seen the response to this coverage, too. I mean, I, I was watching the, you know, outside Belgium official feed um god help me it was so important to me that i actually logged into facebook to be able to do it <laughs> holy fuck <laughs> but, but the point and is, i know you hate your facebook oh so much so much i literally had to set my computer on fire afterwards to expunge the <laughs> did you did you did you have to do smudging with sage and uh and to cast out the to cast let's out the bad spirits let's just say i'm now broadcasting from a freshly secured location um, 
so you know but the thing is watching you know before we were even halfway through the race nearly 17,000 people had um, according to the stats on the page um, had loaded the page to try and follow it you know the peak audience that I saw again based on on screen stats was at nearly 6,000 live viewers and that's on the English language feed on Facebook you know so that's not counting however many people are watching the Proxima stream in Belgium itself or how many people will watch the feed on the Flanders Classics website exactly you know so these are the these are the things like like there's no question a that the the social media um engagement created the case by which the organizers went okay well we have to put it up there but then the fact that in their thousands people turned up to watch it and appreciate it and click on it and share it and view it and get excited about it that's the kind of stuff that makes a difference and it turns this from a speculative okay we're going to give you the last 35 kilometers because you made a fuss about it into holy shit maybe we should be showing all of this race live yes yes and the thing is is the other you know this is the other thing is is that you the, the feed was really crappy i i you know I, was, I, was, I couldn't reply to tweets i was a little bit busy um but there was a lot of people turning up on my twitter feed screaming that the feed kept going under because they hadn't realized how many people wanted to see it well, it was pretty clear to me from the... I have to say, actually, um, I totally accept that, but the quality of the feed from what I was watching was excellent, except for when it crashed. Oh, yes, sorry, yes, yes, so, yes. yes. So, I'm, not dis- so, I'm not dissing the quality of the feed. It's just no, that they no, no, haven't... No, 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 but I'm just saying, I'm just saying the, the, like, there was no buffering, there was no issue, the pictures were nice and clear, it was, it was beautifully put together. It's just that there was... It was very, very clear that there were... Um, specific points like from my experience with web stuff it was it was about as clear as it could be that they at least three different times in the live coverage hit what they thought was going to be the the limit and then had to add resources to up their their bandwidth limit to to make sure that people could keep (laughs) watching Um, and and it was really interesting because it went from so the first time it crashed out was just as it hit a thousand viewers the second time it crashed out was just as it hit about three thousand viewers and the third time it crashed out was just as it hit five thousand viewers and you know and and so it was really interesting to me to see that you know like you can almost see the buying pattern someone's incrementally gone to the next level up on our servers is the next level up is it's like just fucking load them up son it's an hour just well that's but that's what they seem to do at the end. They seem to actually get the message and go, yeah. fuck it, and just chuck in, chuck in the money. It's chucking the money just, at it. Because... Turn it up to 11, because people want to see this shit. So. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is, and the best thing is, now I understand people who don't like watching us on Facebook. I'm never going to criticize people for that, because, you know, I, I'm the same. But the beautiful thing about it being on Facebook is the full replay was immediately was 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 there straight away so there's people who didn't watch the race because they were watching the men's race completely fine and then they watched the women's race yes and not to mention which i'm sure that there was a certain percentage of americans who for example weren't interested in the race until they found out that an american had won uh, and that's and again i'm not going to diss that because you know it's, it's 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 anything that makes you connect feel connected to a race is 
it's 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 brilliant you know like if if what brings you into a race is that oh well i heard like like jens said the reason he started following british riding was there was a there was a swede who had a chance of winning the tour of london to run about london <laughs> of course yeah, that's he's Swedish. Of course, he's going to want to see a Swede winning the Ronde van Vlaanderen. So he starts following women's racing. Yep, yep. And exactly. that's this is this yeah. is the this is the kind of so if 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 there's a whole load of people who literally only start only watched because they heard a, a, an American one or literally only watched uh, want to see Ronde van Drenthe because they heard a Dane Dane win or whatever, then you know that's brilliant because the sport is so good and so exciting that that it's it can it can keep going after that and the best thing is there's success breeds success there's going to be little cycling girls who heard that a woman a, an american woman run the won the ronde van vlaanderen and they're gonna they're gonna just and they're gonna be the future they're gonna be the future corin rivera's you know it's it's extraordinary it's so delightful i mean i know that chris you know Kristen armstrong was on the podium a couple of times uh, twice i think twice behind you aren't both times um but this is different and it's not just different because of it's different for how she won it's different because it was such a, a, a beautiful media moment you know her her, her total surprise and you know we saw on we saw on the men's side Gilbert getting off his bike and you know uh, waving it over his head on the finish line but you know but but this was a completely different one and that's what also why showing women's cycling is so important as well is we've got two different storylines you know two different very different kinds of wins we've got this what the hell were bowls doing throwing the race away you know, storyline that you can talk about for days or argue about for days, which is, you know, which is really one of the most fun parts of, sort of, of being a cycling fan. And then you've got the, and then you've got the, you know, so you've got like the, the two different, the, the, the different storylines, your bears, uh, solo attempts, uh, solo break, um, Rivera's uh, and Sunweb's team effort for a bunch, you know, team effort for that bunch sprint. So, yeah. Yeah. I, so I, 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 I it, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was an amazing Sunday of racing, and that's everything that I I want Flanders to be. So that was that was incredible. So you're off to the Healthy Aging Tour next, which means we'll yeah. be back next week to talk more about that. Um, as always, you can catch up with Sarah on Twitter at PW Cycling. Um, you can find me at Dan W Official, and of course, always on the website. ProWomenCycling.com. I can't believe I miss my cue every time. <laughs> I, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know, it's coming. Yeah, I kind of... And so kinda, it you by surprise every time. We need to get some kind of, of um, like, red button, you know, like I push a button and it lights something up on your computer or whatever just to let you know it's coming. Um, I kind of feel like, though... You know, and you can find us on our website at like I feel like by website you should be ready for it. I don't know. Maybe we need to work <laughs> no, more on the Pavlovian training. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure you could work on what my Pavlovian responses could be, but yeah, um, that's clearly not understanding <laughs> yeah, our no, website at. That's, that's a code that's um, that's proving difficult to crack. In the meantime, though, if you'd like to keep Sarah in um, tea biscuits and you know not not completely homeless. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash women's cycling and uh, contribute there to to help uh, keep her covering the sport that we all love. Thank you very there much. Was, there, 
Oh, there, there was tons more stuff this week, including some really interesting Lizzie Danan interviews and articles about what that means, what women's sports, etc., etc. I mean, the bit about her being woken up out of bed to dance for some male riders was a bit bizarre to me. That I and and we don't have time to talk yeah. about all of that. But I will make a podcast post without the podcast, a links post sometime this week and put it up on our site, prowomenscycling.com. I'll put up the videos of Payo Hill's classic um, that was an amazing race last week, won by Lotte Lepisto in a fantastic in a fantastic sprinting effort. And I'll put up other videos, mountain bike, uh, BMX, because there's live BMX racing this week. It's basically just, I'll just put up a, I'll put up a random links post that would normally go with the podcast. But if you go to the podcast to prowomenscycling.com, um i'll put up some photos some tweet tweety tweety photos of of things i saw people i saw and met at the race and me looking like an absolute lunatic dancing on the finish line i had i was made up i had um i had makeup on which i hardly ever do so you can see a picture of me with eyelashes which normally doesn't happen um my my eyelashes very pale i had now had that but go to our site prowomenscycling.com and i'll put up all the links there and of course i've got a post already of all the videos of where you can watch the race thank you very much for coming <sighs> out and we will catch up with you again next week to talk healthy aging tour and everything else that we can we can fit into three or four hours of brief pre pre ardennes glory <laughs> <laughs>